Trump did not, I repeat, he did not go on the Hannity Show and suggest that the 2020 election was fair and square and that he was beaten fair and square by the Democrats and Joe Biden. I know, I know what the media wants to report. They want to act like Trump put on a big show for the last year. He didn't mean what he said about it being stolen. And they want us now uh, to turn our backs on Donald Trump, okay? But that's, we got to keep our eye on the ball. Look, I, I uniquely understand the media. I understand what they're up to. I see the bigger picture. You know, I've got a bird's eye view of things. And I'm telling you, it didn't happen. So, so do not worry. You have nothing to, to fear, folks. Donald Trump is not weak. Donald Trump is not admitting in some way that he was wrong suggesting uh, 2020 was a stolen election. He is not you know, condemning himself or incriminating himself uh, to say, suggest that he just you know, didn't want to admit that he was defeated, that he was like Hillary Clinton who just you know, couldn't accept the election results. That didn't happen, folks. I know what they're reporting. It's not true, all right? All right, Donald Trump is not weak. He didn't say that in the media. He went on the Hannity Show, and he said, of course, that, you know, we didn't win in 2020, and that's true. We didn't win in 2020 because Donald Trump isn't in the office. But him saying we didn't win in 2020 isn't saying that the Democrat Party didn't hijack that election with the mail-in ballots and the fake ballots and the usurpation uh, of the Constitution the, the, the violation of it in Pennsylvania with the Supreme Court making uh, voting laws when it was left to, to the legislatures, that's, that's not what he said, all right? So everyone calm down. Um, do not fall for this trap, and uh, do not turn your back on Donald Trump, all right? All right, he is not, he's the same man that he was uh, in the past, and that simply did not happen. And actually, you know what? Let me just play the clip of Donald Trump Let's just get past this and get over it um, because I've got a couple other uh, unique insights into this whole interview. It's, all, it's a nothing burger, though, folks, all right? Trust me on this. It's a nothing burger. You know, there's nothing to see here. There's nothing that's changed. And uh, Trump is not weak, weak, and he is not acknowledging suddenly that Joe Biden got 80 million votes, all right? All right, here's the clip, and then let's put this to rest and move on to the important issues today. Shockingly, we were supposed to win easily at 64 million votes, and we got 75 million votes, and we didn't win, but let's see what happens on that. We didn't win, but let's see what happens on that, okay? That was the extent of his commentary about the 2020 election. That wasn't even the subject of the discussion on the Hannity show. Hannity's uh, show, an interview with Trump, was not about the 2020 election. It was about Joe Biden's disastrous, embarrassing display at the G7 summit. So that was the subject. And for a brief, you know, whatever, five seconds, Trump mentioned the 2020 election. But he said, let's see what happens with that. All right, so the media is going to try and spin this, of course. They want you and I. Look, they've been trying to do this since Donald Trump came down the escalator in 2016. They've been trying to separate Donald Trump unsuccessfully from his base, and they've been unable, unsuccessful to do that. And in fact, I am living proof of this because I wasn't even a big Donald Trump guy when uh, he was running. 
to, to become uh, the presidential candidate for the Republican Party. I didn't know who he was. I mean, I knew who he was, but politically, I didn't know where he stood. I didn't know how conservative he was. And when he became president, of course, shockingly and in a good way to me, he, he's been one of the most conservative presidents, well, obviously of my lifetime, but of many of your lifetimes who are older than me. So, uh, so anyway, let's just put this to rest. Uh, this is another attempt by the media to separate Trump from his voters uh, and to try and incriminate, of course, the rest of us who continue to reject what happened in 2020. And the leftist media, of course, who has their heads so far up there, you know what's, uh, they don't live in reality. They don't understand the bond between Trump and his base. And they don't understand that the more they attack Trump, they more, the more they try to destroy Trump, the more they lie about Trump, the more unfairly they treat him, the more, more they attack him and make up the, these lies, well, the more we dig our heels in, the more we support him, the more we love him, the more we defend him. So actually, the results of what the left has done has had the opposite effect because they don't understand Trump. They don't understand us conservatives. And um, that's that's where we are, and that's with Trump. But there's one other unique insight I want to provide you. And do not do not tell the left this because I don't want this to get out to them. Uh, because remember, Donald Trump is a master uh, uh, of strategy. All right? He was a master tactician, which is very rare in the Republican Party, of course, because the Repo Republican Party, as we will continue to discuss on this show today, because there's new evidence and new instances of the GOP showing what fools they are, how stupid they are, how tactically, uh, basically incapable they are. Uh, Donald Trump, though, is not. He knew how to play the media. And yeah, you know, he had a few uh, rough patches when he first came into office because you know, what Trump never understood, because look, remember, Donald Trump was a billionaire. He lived in New York City. He was beloved by Democrats, beloved by Republicans. And when he came into office, you know, he likes to look for the good in people. And like many of us who are grappling, gra grappling with this today, who continue to struggle to understand that the left hates America, hates us, uh, well, Trump had to learn that the hard way as well. He was used to being loved by all these people, whether they were Democrat or Republican. But when he came into office... He realized very quickly that people hated him. They hated him for what he stood for politically. They hated him for standing for America. They hated him for, for opposing the swamp, for opposing the establishment in Washington, D.C., the crooked people who've been running this country for so long. And so, of course, once he came around to this, you know, he started to change his ways. But it was a rough patch in the beginning, of course, because he didn't understand that. He couldn't understand that people would, would hate him suddenly, who had been slobbering at his feet before to be around him. Uh, but anyway, you and I, we will not turn our backs on Trump. We must not turn our backs on Trump. And we must always remember that everything the leftist media intends to do is to separate us from him. But here's the big secret. What we need to do and what Donald Trump is doing, he's not trying to focus on the 2020 stolen election because the left right now has gone so far radical left that even the Supreme Court just had a ruling 9-0 against them at the Supreme Court. 
So the Supreme Court, which has many notable radical leftists, well, even this administration is too radical for their activism. So what we have to do is continue to give the left the rope to hang themselves. We have to continue to let them take the rope and the noose to end their political lives and careers because that's what they're doing in this country. They're so insane. I'll tell you a story, all right? I met a woman in her late 70s just the other day. She's a, a former Democrat. She's been a Democrat until now. This woman's been a Democrat her entire life, but she cannot go along with the Democrat Party as it stands today. People have had enough. And it's not, of course, going to be everyone who's a Democrat, but a lifetime Democrat in her 70s who's never voted for anyone in her life but a Democrat is turning her back on the Democrat Party? That is encouraging, folks. That is huge, and the left knows it. So... Donald Trump is not going to give them an olive branch. He's not going to give them ammunition to refocus the conversation in this country towards Donald Trump and the hatred of him. So that is the strategy here. He's not talking incessantly about 2020 anymore because remember, Donald Trump has been working behind the scenes incessantly that guy works harder than any other human being in America right now. When he was president, when he was in business, and still today. And his focus has been on winning and taking back the House and Senate in 2022. He's focused on the midterm elections, folks. So he just wants to feed them the rope, let them hang themselves, and lose and get run over, destroyed, shellacked in 2022 and I am telling you right now he is still planning on running for president again in 2024 and that is not a bad thing that is a good thing because to 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 believe that he is a danger to the Republican Party or conservatism is to believe that Joe Biden got 80 million votes all right this is all a lie. Remember, the media is telling us right now and has told us in recent, the recent past, you know, that Joe Biden's approval rate is through the roof. It's, it's bigger than, than Obama. That's such a lie. We've got them. We've got them by the tail. They are, are suffocating. Uh, they are hanging themselves right now. And Donald Trump simply doesn't want to distract. He doesn't want to give them anything, uh, any more ammunition. But all that said... Stay with me because in the next segment, we're going to get into the feckless Republican Party who, folks, these people are so ill-equipped for their jobs. They are so stupid. They are uh, um, failures. Tactically, they don't know what's going on. Tactically, these people are fools. They don't understand what's going on. And that has to be because they live in Washington, D.C. But the Republicans... Uh, just voted uh, to pass this new federal holiday, Juneteenth. And I'm going to tell you exactly what that's about and why it's a joke and why the Republicans once again have helped the Democrat Party, helped the Democrat Party's future. They've basically helped take back the rope of the noose and they are, 
Wow, these Republicans are fools, folks. But I am not, and you are not, and we're going to break it down for you when we get right back. Juneteenth is about, it is about codifying in our country racism. It essentially creates a second Independence Day. So now you're going to have a white Independence Day and a black Independence Day. I kid you not, folks. I'm not making this up. This is exactly the purpose of this. It is about making racism like intrinsic for the rest of history in terms of celebrations and holidays in this country. That is not hyperbole. That is what the Juneteenth holiday was about. That was why the Democrat Party pushed it. Do you know what Juneteenth is, by the way, folks? I bet most Republicans don't even know what it is. I bet, heck, you know, I'm a, I bet most Democrats don't know what Juneteenth is actually about, except to say that, yeah, it's a holiday for, you know, black people and slavery ended. Do, do you know? So Juneteenth. That is the date, June 19th, 1865. That is the date that Union troops arrived in Galveston, Texas, and informed the people there, the black people there, everyone else there, that the Civil War was over. Because the Civil War actually had ended on April 9th, 1865. But, you know, uh, Robert E. Lee's surrender took place in Appomattox, which is in Virginia. So it took a while for the word to travel from Virginia all the way down to Texas because they didn't have planes back then. They didn't have telephones back then. They didn't have cars back then. But the Emancipation Proclamation, which actually freed the slaves, was signed in 1863. So what is this this, uh, 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 Juneteenth? I mean, it's the day that blacks in Galveston, Texas were told that the war was over, that they were free. This is so arbitrary and it is so stupid. Look, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that you know, it's it's not a celebratory occasion, of course, that these individuals in Galveston, Texas learned of their freedom. But what is the point? This happened over 160 years ago. Why now 160 years later are we giving a day, a federal holiday to commemorate that occasion? I mean, how many federal holidays do we need in this country? Can you imagine having 65 birthdays for yourself in a year? What would that mean for your birthday? I mean, your birthday would have no significance. I mean, every day is your birthday. Every day there's something to celebrate. But in this country, every day is an occasion to celebrate like a different group. There's never a day to celebrate America. And what this does effectually is diminish the importance of July 4th, 1776. You know, many on the left are saying Juneteenth marks our second Independence Day. Do you understand what that means, our second Independence Day? So now there's an Independence Day for whites and an Independence Day for blacks. That is essentially what this boils down to. And and what Biden said in his remarks commemorating this great accomplishment of his, of, of getting passage of Juneteenth, despite the fact that he's the most racist president in modern American history, despite the fact that, that blacks are suffering under his administration, that inflation is on the rise, that he's, he's the worst president in American history, which says a lot, by the way, because we already had Obama, 
Biden says we can't rest until the promise of equality is fulfilled for every one of us in every corner of this nation. That, to me, is the meaning of Juneteenth. I mean, this country's never been more divided. This country's never been more racist, frankly, and that's due in large part to the Biden administration and the Democrat Party. They are systemically racist, and that's the truth. You know, if they're going to pass any new holiday, you know what this should be called? It should be called GOP Day, Abraham Lincoln Day, Republican Party Day. Because what's amazing to me that the, Republic, that the Republican Party misses time and time again in all of this is that the Democrat Party is getting away time and time again in commemorating these horrific events or momentous events that have to do with slavery or racism or discrimination in this country without mentioning, of course, the, the very important fact that the Democrat Party is responsible for the racism, responsible for the Civil War, responsible for discrimination time and time again. And here you have Joe Biden's greatest accomplishment, signing Juneteenth into law because the dumb Republicans don't understand what they've done is codify racism in our federal holiday calendar now. That's what it's about. And that's why these Republicans are idiots. You know, at a time when the country is more divided than ever, the last thing we need is a competing Independence Day, an Independence Day for blacks. I mean, I've said it time and time again, no American living today has had slaves and no American living today has been a slave. There's been no slave owners and slaves. That's what I'm trying to say. And yet we're looking back 160 plus years in the past and now creating this new holiday to celebrate the, the arbitrary moment, not that the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, not the moment that Abraham Lincoln said enough with the Democrat Party. No, no, no. It's the moment that word traveled to Galveston, Texas, after the war was over, to inform them that the war was over and they were free. This is like when we fly the pride flag in our national parks. What on God's green earth are we doing flying the pride flag in our national parks. The only flag that should be flying in this country is the American flag. And this is the problem. The Democrat Party is creating tribalism in this nation. They're dividing us so that we don't identify as Americans. We identify according to our disparate groups. Blacks are not victims today. Minority groups are not victims today. And, and if anything, what we're going to get into later is their attack on whiteness in America. Those of us who've done nothing wrong who haven't contributed to this cause. I mean, the only people who are guilty of all these crimes in our past are the Democrat Party, by the way. I mean, they're the party of slavery. They're the party of discrimination. They're the party of the KKK. It's not the Republican Party. And yet here Joe Biden is trying to take credit for honoring black Americans when it was his party that was pro-slavery. This is insane. So there will never be unity now, folks. Going forward in the future, we will celebrate Independence Day in which Americans who hate Americans now have cause to reject. They will denounce the American flag. And now on Juneteenth, we'll fly BLM flags and celebrate black rights. This is absolutely insane. It rejects history and it shows how ignorant most of the Democrat population is. Because July 4th, 1776 is the uniting holiday in America. The day that we celebrate Americanism. And the Declaration of, Appendant, uh, Declaration of Independence is not a racist document. It says all men are created equal. Period. It doesn't say 
we the white people. It doesn't say we the rich people, we the whatever people. It says we the people. And you know what? Frederick Douglass, who was an abolitionist slave himself, went to Glasgow. And he was far closer in proximity, of course, to slavery and the Civil War than anyone living today, obviously. But he went and defended the Constitution. And it was his point that the Constitution was not a racist document. If you look at what the founding fathers said, most of them, even those who held slaves, agreed that it was wrong. But that was the practice of the time. That's what was imported from England, and that's what existed in every country in all the world. But they couldn't get the 13 colonies to unite under a country by waging that battle then. But 600 plus thousand Americans died, shed their blood, painted this fertile land red with their blood to right that wrong. And that is worth celebration because the truth is, yes, what, you know, America is the greatest country in the face of the earth. And it's the greatest country in the face of the earth because we have overcome everything. You know, our original charter says we the people are created equal. And we have labored, we have sacrificed, we have died for over 245 years to make that happen. But of course, the unbelievable thing today is that things have not been worse and more divided than during the period of our Civil War. And at this moment, the Democrat Party is, is saying, yeah, yeah, you know, we got to pass Juneteenth because we're going to recognize, uh, you know, Black independence in America. We don't need a Black Independence Day. What we need to do is unite under the American flag and the original American creed. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. The GOP was the party that opposed slavery. And we have Democrats now appropriating something else, chipping away at our unity. And we don't need to celebrate and acknowledge our flaws today. By, by creating this new holiday, Juneteenth, it's counterproductive. I mean, we've got so many holidays under the sun, none of them mean anything anymore, and that's the problem. These Republicans are so stupid. They're so, they're so cowardly. They won't stand for anything. I mean, look, it should be very crystal clear to every American today that anything the Democrat Party propo proposes or supports should be denounced, should be opposed. And yet here we have the Republican Party always conceding, always trying to reach across the aisle. We don't need to reach across the aisle. We don't need to reach across the aisle like we didn't need to reach across the aisle leading into the Civil War because there can't be concession because concession is slavery for Americans. And that's what's amazing today. That the Republicans can't understand this. They have no strategy whatsoever. It's like those stupid House Republicans, 35 of them, who voted to incriminate themselves by passing that legislation that incriminated them in the January 6th insurrection. These people are idiots. They're morons. They're strategic illiterates. But we live in a society today where, you know, we're just going along to get along, worried about what the media is going to say about us, worried about, you know, more, more about, we're worried about what man says about us and not what our creator would say about us. You know, this country is run by amoral men, unprincipled men, and the Constitution wasn't built for that. You know, division just got worse than it's ever been before because now 
I mean, what are we supposed to do going forward? Remove a federal holiday? I mean, we know that once the government creates any bureaucracy, any system, any holiday, anything, you can never get rid of it. You can never take it back. So now we have Juneteenth, which is an alternative to July 4th. So now we have people who are going to look at July 4th and not celebrate it because they feel like that celebrates whiteness and slavery. And now we have Juneteenth, which we're going to celebrate if we buy this myth that America is inherently racist. So good job, Republicans. You Excuse me, you idiots who just voted to agree with the Democrat lie that America is inherently ra racist. This is unbelievable, folks. This is like huge. I mean, we, it's going to be very hard to come back from this now. I mean, we've been feeding the Democrat Party the rope uh, to hang themselves. And then you have dumb Republicans who don't understand anything, who are so weak and so mentally also weak with IQs hovering around AOC's level of single digits, who continue to go along like this and just destroy the country. So here we are, folks. Now we have Juneteenth for the rest of our history in which we have a choice now whether to celebrate the American flag in 1776 or to celebrate the moment that the individuals in Galveston finally learned that they were emancipated by Republicans, by Abraham Lincoln, but that will be lost on everyone because, of course, Joe Biden, who is responsible for the absolute destruction and suicide of this nation. Oh, yes. Well, let's feed him a bone. You know, this guy is destroying the country, but, oh, look, now he's on the African-American side, despite fearing amidst the segregation argument, desegregation, and having white and black share buses when he said, ooh, I'm fearful of a racial jungle. This guy now, this is insane, you know? And all you Republicans out there who think this is a good thing and something to celebrate, you guys are missing the picture too. You don't understand. You don't get it. You know, everything the, the Democrat Party is doing is, is absolutely against unity. It's destroying any kind of understanding of Americanism and it is making it impossible for us to recover. You know, yes, racism is a scab, but scabs heal. And you look at it and you say, wow, look at that thing, but I overcame it. It's a memory, but I'm so happy I'm past it. And what the Democrat Party does time and time again is rip off the scab, rip off the scab, rip off the scab. So it's bleeding and bleeding and bleeding down our arms and not allowing that wound to heal. They don't want it to heal. They want to continue to create disunity so they can present themselves as those individuals who are going to unite while they, at the same time, create division. And you Republicans are destroying your chances of success in the future. And worse, I don't really care about your chances. I care about this country's chances. And you guys are feckless, stupid morons. I know, everyone's got, their brains are about to explode. I'm talking really angry, but this is something to be angry about, something you should all be worried about, because it's not a good thing that just happened. It's not celebrating anything. It is reopening another wound and making it permanent so that we're reminded year and year again of this lie that this country is bad, uh, slavery happened, so we can't ever overcome it. And now we've got to celebrate two different holidays, one for blacks who are freed and one for the whites who are forever guilty, even though none of us participated in that practice. All right, I'll be right back.
Did you hear about the uh, the woman who apparently was traipsing around the Capitol building on the infamous January 6th insurrection that left one American citizen dead by unnatural causes who was shot by a Capitol police officer? Uh, well, she pleaded guilty uh, to involvement in the January 6th insurrection. And she told a judge that she, to to pay for her sins and crimes against AOC, who was shaking in her boots, who was reliving memories of sexual harassment, that, uh, well, she's since watched the Holocaust film Schindler's List for education. Well, I, I hope that um, that education will serve her well because... Um, Nazi Germany is certainly what we're experiencing here in America today, which we are under the Third Reich, which is the Democrat Party, of course, which used the infamous January 6th insurrection and continues to use the January 6th infamous insurrection to malign the Republican Party, conservatives, and Donald Trump for something that they have misconstrued and are using as a political weapon to destroy us in perpetuity. But of course, that's not why she watched Schindler's List for Education. Uh, it actually makes no sense that she's watching Schindler's List for Education. This is how pathetic, uh, well, most, most, most people on the right are, uh, always caving in to the left. So I'm going to read a little story from the Business Insider to inform you about this woman who I really want to cry for because she's such a wimp. Uh, a woman who pleaded guilty to a charge related to the January 6th insurrection says she watched movies including Schindler's List for education after the riot. According to a court filing, Anna Morgan Lloyd, 49, from Indiana, pleaded guilty to one count of parading, demonstrating, or picketing in the Capitol. <laughs> I, 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 uh, oh man, we need some humor, I guess, now. Lloyd, Anna Morgan Lloyd, was arrested February 24th along with a friend, Donna Sue Bissey, 52. These people are so dangerous, folks. 52-year-old women who are parading and picketing in the Capitol. You know, these are the domestic terrorists that we have to fear in this country. Uh, so this uh, 49-year-old and 52-year-old woman. So Bissey posted a photo of herself and Lloyd on Facebook um, with the location tag inside Capitol building. Well, I don't feel too sorry for you if you're that stupid. But anyway, a court document seen by Insider, Business Insider, says that Bissy called their outing the best effing day ever. Well, that's not as bad as the words that we've seen from text messages from Hunter Biden, by the way, who repeatedly uses the N-word and uh, seeks to sleep with 24-year-old women um, and calls Asians yellow. But anyway, she said the best effing day ever in a Facebook post while Lloyd said in a Facebook comment that her day in the Capitol was the most exciting day of my life. Ooh, well, you don't know, didn't know it was coming for you, I guess, you know, you domestic terrorist who was picketing as a 52-year-old white woman in the Capitol. That's a, a, a heinous sin. Lloyd's lawyer, Heather Shaner, raised several points in her client's defense arguing that Lloyd deserved to be given the just and fair sentence of probation, 40 hours of community service, and a $500 fine for her actions. Well, that is way more severe than a Jussie Smollett or a Juicy Smollett, as some would say, who, of course, was filmed and found out to have hired two black Nigerians attacking him that were supposed Trump supporters and sending himself hate mail, racist mail that he had written to himself 
um, to save his fledgling career and to be an activist. But anyway, so uh, for picketing in the Capitol, you know, this is the fine. So, so for her sins, this is what uh, she has done. She has read Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, Just Mercy, and Schindler's List to educate herself about government policy toward Native Americans, African Americans, and European Jews. We, we have discussed the books and also about the responsibility of an, an individual when confronting wrong. <laughs> Shaner, the lawyer, wrote in a court filing dated June 15th. This woman goes to the Capitol. We've seen the video. They, they permitted these people access. They opened the doors for them and let them walk around inside the Capitol building without any kind of admonition uh, whatsoever. And so now she's reading books about educating about, about crimes towards Native Americans, African Americans, and European Jews. What, what does this have to do with the January 6th insurrection? This is insane. Oh, this poor woman. She's lost her mind. She's, 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 the left has driven her to insanity. Uh, so Lloyd has also watched apparently other programs to learn more about America's past. This included the program Tulsa Burning, a History Channel documentary film on the Tulsa Massacre. Well, I hope she learned that the Democrat Party uh, was responsible for murdering blacks. That's the takeaway in all this, actually, by the way. The Democrat Party is uh, the most dangerous party in America. They always have been. They are a stain on America's history. And if we're going to reject anything in our past that is a sin, it should be the Democrat Party because they are singularly responsible for all the pain, heartache, and sin that has happened in this country. But, of course, that's not the takeaway. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, so anyway, her lawyer goes on. She did this to educate herself and to learn the American history she was not taught in school. Now, this is huge, folks. Um, the American history she was not taught in school. What, what history is that? Well, that is the made-up fake history of the Democrat Party that seeks to absolve them from their sin and their uh, devastation they've wreaked in America. So the new American history, which is the wrong American history, which is the false made-up American history, is the history of whiteness in America, despite the fact that Abraham Lincoln, of course, uh, and the Civil War, but, you know, none of that matters, right? Because we can never be absolved from our sins, you know? I mean, I guess, you know, Nazi Germany, by the way, you know, hasn't existed for a long time. That was back in World War II. Uh, they're gone, so I don't know why there aren't calls for the German uh, government and the German citizen to pay reparations to Jews uh, in perpetuity, because that happened far more recently than our civil war and slavery, of course. And, um, you know, why should the Jews not be paid millions of dollars every year because of what the German uh, government did to them back in the 1930s and 40s? Of course, that would be insane. It does no one any good to create a permanent victim class and never to move on from your history. And even if it's a dark past, uh, that doesn't serve anyone well. It doesn't serve the American people well or the German people well. It doesn't serve the Jews. It doesn't serve blacks in this country. But of course, the uh, Democrat Party, and I'll give you a little inside baseball because uh, Latinos, uh, Mexicans in this country are fleeing the Democrat Party. They are running to the Republican Party because they understand the devastating consequences of Democrat policies. They're waking up to how sick and perverted they are and how disastrous they are how destructive they are. And so remember that the Democrat Party needs blacks to vote in one block for them because if they lose um, a large, well, even more than 10, 11, 12% of the black vote in this country, they can never win a fair election again. And that's the truth. And so they are shaking in their boots. And so they have to ensure, like they've tried to do uh, since the 60s, 
that blacks vote for Democrats forever, that no black will ever overcome and escape the chains of modern, present Democrat slavery. And that is true. We've talked about this before the Democrat Party. They're not interested in helping black Americans or minorities. You know, there's a Chinese proverb I love. If you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. If you, if you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Well, guess, guess which part of that proverb the Democrat Party embraces wholeheartedly. Well, they want to give a man a fish so you keep coming back for them, so that you need them, so that you cannot be independent, so that you cannot get away from them. You need to come repeatedly to them for your meal. But we conservatives want to teach a man to fish so that he may eat for a lifetime. We don't want people to be dependent upon government. We want you to run. We want you to be free. We want you to have upward mobility and responsibility for your own life. But the Democrat Party can't have that, and that's why they're pushing this destruction of whiteness. They're condemning the whiteness of America because they need blacks in this country, even while they put abortion clinics in their uh, cities so that they uh, kill more black children and prevent them from coming into this world. But anyway, so Lloyd submits all these documents to court. You know, she's watched all these things. And so uh, she admits, apparently, I've lived a sheltered life and truly haven't experienced life the way many have. Well, no one's experienced life the way another has. Everyone's life is unique, and that's Americanism. Uh, not all blacks are the same, and that's racist, but the Democrat Party is racist. And you, whatever your name is, I can't remember, you 52-year-old schmuck who uh, made a mistake trouncing around, picketing in the Capitol and going inside the Capitol building, you know, uh, it's really pathetic and sad that you have to come out and you're so, you can't just say, yeah, that was kind of a mistake, but you have to come out and grovel at these people's feet and buy this narrative and go to these 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 media companies and, and push forward this myth. You're a uh, disgrace and I don't feel sorry for you at all. You're stupid for what you did on January 6th and you're stupid now for slobbering at their feet and saying that, Oh, I don't live a I don't live a pampered life. She he, let's just go on with this. I don't live a pampered life. My husband and I have worked hard for everything that we have. My lawyer has given me names of books and movies to help me see what life is like for others in our country. Lloyd wrote in a statement. I've learned that even though we live in a wonderful country, things still need to improve. People of all colors should feel as safe as I do to walk down the street. How safe do you feel in a courtroom, uh, you white moron? How safe do you feel? Um, you know, having gone into the Capitol building and having been tracked down via your stupid Facebook post, and now you're having to pay all this money to a lawyer and uh, make up things and grovel and say things that aren't true about how you're educating yourself about how bad you are as a white person. Um, this is embarrassing, and uh, I wish I could feel sorry for this person, but I can't. So now she is a full-blown Democrat. She's bent the knee. Um, she can't just say she made a mistake. She has to go into this narrative that isn't true about how unsafe it is for other people to walk through the streets. I think it was very safe for BLM and Antifa to walk through the streets. In fact, they burned cities, looted, stole Gucci bags, broke into Chanel stores, etc. without any consequence whatsoever. They did it in Portland. They did it in cities throughout this country. In fact, after the George Floyd death, uh, they rioted and 17 people were killed as a result. And um, I don't think that white supremacy is a problem. I don't think that you're going into the Capitol at anything to do with your white privilege or anything else. You're just dumb. And uh, you did something and got caught up in an event that you shouldn't have. But um, now here you are groveling. Uh, but I want this leads me to another story, uh, another uh, example of how the left and the courts in this system uh, in our country continue to uh, force American citizens to say things that are untrue 
and to apologize for things that they have nothing to be apologized for. I'm going to take a short break, and we will be right back for another great story about BLM privilege and, well, whites who are discriminated against. This is the new America, folks. Uh, white people bad, everyone else good. Uh, burning in the name of, um, you know, victimhood, good. Uh, defending yourself in your home, uh, not good. Not allowed, especially if you're white, folks. It's a glorious new day in America under Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. Uh, discrimination is in full force. Uh, hatred is in full force. And we have regressed back to the Civil War period, folks. Uh, this is Drew Allen. We'll be right back. So, here we are back, folks. Drew Allen for a final segment in podcasting excellence. So, Mark and Patricia McCloskey pleaded guilty Thursday to misdemeanor charges and agreed to forfeit the specific guns that they brandished on their property. Now, this goes back to June 28th, 2020. Now, Mark and Patricia McCloskey were the husband and wife who were on their own property, came out brandishing weapons as several hundred BLM supporters marched through their private gated community. Now, remember that two weeks before this incident with Mark and Patricia McCloskey, uh, George Floyd was killed or died, and which sparked uh, protests in which 17 individuals were killed in BLM protests against what happened to George Floyd, the criminal. So Mark and Patricia McCloskey, of course, are in their gated community, and they're watching as several hundred BLM supporters, knowing that just two weeks ago, BLM protests had resulted in 17 deaths. So they're outside their home on their private property on the grass, and they're brandishing their own weapons, their own firearms to let these people know who are trespassing on private property that should not be in this gated community to begin with, several hundred coming down the street as a warning. Stay off our property. Don't mess with us. Stay away. You know, that used to be, uh, well, that used to be Americanism, okay, the protection of private property. No one was harmed in this event, by the way. They just brought their weapons out to let people know, stay off our property, and don't be bringing that BLM rioting, looting, and burning here, where you shouldn't be to begin with because there's a gate that you had to bypass and get through, and you shouldn't be here to begin with. Well, of course, to set off this, this long you know, story in which they were attacked as being, you know, of course, white supremacists uh, for trying to protect their property, and again, they didn't harm anybody. No one was harmed. No one. They didn't use their weapons. They just brandished them. Okay. Well, his wife uh, pleaded guilty to misdemeanor harassment, and she was fined two thousand dollars. Both of them pleaded guilty to misdemeanor fourth degree assault. This is absolutely sick, folks. 
These people did nothing wrong. They exercised their rights. And um, I want to get into what Mark, uh, the, the husband in this situation, after all these legal battles, uh, came out and said. He bent the knee like everyone else. And this is sick and sad and pathetic. And uh, I do, my heart does go out for Mark. I'm sure, you know, it's a matter of, uh, you know, increasing legal bills, uh, just like happened to General Flynn. You know, people are forced to say things and go along with the narrative, even though the narrative is wrong. They're forced to plead guilty in situations in which there is no guilt to be found simply because the powers of the Democrat Party and the left in this country are so strong that not to bend the knee is to accept financial ruin. So this judge, David Mason, who's an absolute disgrace, pathetic judge, uh, un-American, asked if Mark McCloskey acknowledged that his actions put people at risk. Put people at risk for brandishing a weapon on your property? He didn't fire his weapon. There was no occurrence. Uh, there was no incident. But apparently he put people at risk. He probably hurt their feelings, by the way. You know, I mean, nowadays, if you hurt someone's feelings, if you say the wrong word, if a snowflake melts, well, you know, that that is criminal, apparently. So Mark, in response to this judge, asking that he acknowledge that he put people at risk, says, I sure did, Your Honor, Mark reportedly replied. While leaving the courthouse, Mark said he would do it again, according to the report. Um, so he pleads guilty and, uh, says he put people at risk. And of course, those two weapons are still part of a, uh, evidence and so on and so forth. But this is a disgrace. Now, recall that, um, BLM and Antifa, of course, Antifa in Portland, who rioted for a hundred days straight, BLM, who's responsible for, uh, over a, well, obviously more than a dozen deaths because 17 alone after the George Floyd protests, um, uh, found their lives coming to an end uh, because of what they were doing and their violence. And yet this man, who didn't harm a fly, uh, brandishing his weapons on his property, which any sane person would do if you saw uh, more than 100 people marching down your street carrying BLM signs, flags, whatever else, but identifying themselves as this Marxist terrorist Democrat organization. Uh, so he's been forced to bend the knee. And this is a disgrace in this country, and um, it's very dangerous. You know, if McCloskey—this is the truth, folks, and, I, you know, we speak the truth here. I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid. I don't care what people say about me because they're wrong, they're stupid, and we are right. Uh, but it, had McCloskey been um, a minority, for example, he wouldn't be in this predicament right now, you know. He would be a victim of uh, white supremacy. Let's let's just flip it around. Let's say that the McCloskeys were black individuals living in a neighborhood, and a bunch of white supremacists, hundreds of them, came marching down their street, and a couple of black individuals came out with guns and said, get off our property, this is private property, why are you here? Do you think the media would be concerned do you think that they would be taking the side of the protesters? 
No, of course not. They would be taking the side of the minorities who were defending their home. And that would have been the minorities' right as well, by the way. But because Mark McCloskey and his wife are white individuals, this is about furthering the narrative uh, that white people are evil in this country. And this is how dangerous it is now. And um, I, um, you know, I had a conversation with a, a gentleman this morning. He's a young millennial as well. Uh, they live out in the Boston area, and they're conservatives. And they're silent out there, of course, because they're living in a liberal utopia, uh, just like I am here in California. But this individual's parents immigrated from South America, actually. And uh, we were discussing things today, and he, he is a proud American. He is so proud to be here. He understands the poverty that he came through. And the sacrifice his parents made working menial labor jobs, hourly jobs, um, you know, to, to give their children, like this young man, an opportunity in this country. And this man uh, and this family are more American than any of these people on the left today. The problem is that millennials, who are in my generation, for example, are a bunch of losers. They've never had to sacrifice, never had to do anything. And most people on the Democrat side continue to claim they're Democrats because it's easy. It's simple. They're lazy. You know, it's all about virtue signaling for them. You know, despite the evidence, despite the fact that no Democrat policy has helped anyone in this nation for decades, they continue to be Democrats because the Democrat Party is good and the Republican Party is bad. That's how simplistic their, their uh, Neanderthal thinking, to quote Joe Biden, is, for example. But what's happening is absolutely a disgrace in this country. And, you know, this goes back to the beginning, you know. Uh, when I discuss, of course, um, you know, Juneteenth and what's going on there. And with this uh, January 6th insurrection myth, they continue to push forward. And now McCloskey, who's forced to bend the knee and say that he threatened somebody's life uh, because he held a gun on his own private property as hundreds of people marched towards him. Uh, we are in a heap of trouble, folks. Uh, my only hope, of course, is that people are starting to wake up. And the problem is we have to, uh, well, we have to slow and stop the damage the Democrat Party can do until 2022. But I'm not exactly excited about 2022, given the fact that Republicans can't understand the game they're in. What was remarkable to get back to the beginning about Donald Trump, of course, is that for the first time in a long time, since Reagan certainly, um, we had a president who was willing to actually fight, who wasn't fearful of the media, etc. He didn't bend the knee. The reality is we in America, the conservatives, have been in a a cage fight, an MMA match with the Democrat Party for a long, long time. And yet, while we're in this MMA fight, we box with boxing gloves while the left uh, uses their knees, their elbows, and everything else to fight against us. And the Republican Party just can't seem to understand it. And um, there's a new war that I hope will resonate with young Americans, despite their political affiliations, because it is Washington, D.C. versus the American people. It is the swamp versus us. And everything that's happening today is threatening our future directly. Inflation, uh, $30 trillion in debt, guess who's going to pay for that, folks? 
Uh, that's going to be me. That's going to be you if you're in my age range. Uh, those who are 70 plus, maybe you don't have to worry about it so much. But uh, that's why it's our fight, my fight, and uh, why I'm sitting behind this microphone talking to you. Because I will not be the generation that sees freedom, sees freedom and America uh, go extinct. You know, that was Ronald Reagan's warning many, many decades ago now when he said that freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It must be fought for because it's not passed down in the bloodstream. Isn't that the truth? It's not passed down in the bloodstream because as evidenced by this individual I talked to whose family came from South America, uh, he, you know, they were not born here. His family's from there, and yet he is more red-blooded and patriotic than most of you snowflake losers out there who think that Joe Biden is the greatest thing since, uh, well, sliced bread. I can't think what else to say. But um, I, uh, I want to end with this, folks. America is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And again, I would ask you, what does an American look like? Well, you can't answer that, and neither can I, because Americans are not identified by their skin color. They're identified by the thoughts in their head and in their hearts. And Juneteenth, for example, is an effort to open the scab, of course, and ensure that going forward, they always have an opportunity in this holiday to point out the inherent racism of America. It's in our DNA. But um, I don't tolerate it. I reject it. And I'll continue to sit behind this microphone and fight for the truth and what is right. I want to thank you for listening to me today. This has been a hot episode. Uh, I've been hot, but there's a lot of reasons to be hot and heated today. Uh, but look, we're getting the word out there. We won't give up. That's what we do as patriotic Americans. And remember, the other side is absolutely ignorant. Uh, perhaps it is, as Reagan said, it's not... Well, it's just that so much that they know isn't true. It's just that so much that they know isn't so. But we know what is so, and we will continue to repeat those words. And the point is, folks, I always want to leave you with this. Stop being ashamed of being a conservative. Stop being ashamed to speak your mind. The other side isn't afraid to speak their mind. They speak it time and time again. They condemn you and me, and they're wrong. So it's time to speak up. You know, enough of this, like, manners, you know? I mean... Look, the right thing to do is to set people straight. You know, if you got children out there, you know, you don't let them get away with this garbage. You correct them. We can do it politely. We can do it civilly. But it's time to put our foot down. It's time to walk with our heads tall, with our shoulders straight. All right? Look, I am the voice of confident conservatism. I'm 34 years old. I've lived in the lion's den for the last decade plus of my life. And, uh, you know, as I've said, the upshot of that is that I understand the left. I understand their asinine arguments. But it's time to stop accepting them. It's time to stop acknowledging them. It's time to fight back. 
Because if we don't fight back now, this country will cease to exist. And do you really want to be the generation, after all these years, that sees this country's demise? Do you really want to live with that? I don't. And that's why I'm here. But anyway, I want to thank you for listening. This is Drew Allen. And look, if you want to contact me with questions, comments, if you want to call me a racist even, uh, that's a badge of honor these days for us on the right. Uh, you can email me at email at drewthomasallen.com. All right? So you can reach me there. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. God bless you all. This is Drew Allen. He's a tough guy. Until next time. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew Allen. I look to this guy for wisdom.